Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to Wake and Bake with B Mo. Yeah. Good morning. What's up? Power to the people, huh? Huh? It's another great day. Look, we got some great things we want to talk about this morning. We had the myth of black power. Not the myth of black power, because the black black power is not a myth. The myth of black buying power, we want to talk about that. Uh, I'm about eight months too late into the discussion, but we made it to the discussion, people. Right on time, because this is the first day we're going to be on Joe Biden's ass. All right. Also, this morning, we have um, some updates about our black political party and the need for black political organization as we continue to be on Joe Biden's ass. All right, what else we got? Oh, we have a new candidate for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. Lady House is going to present that. And then we also have Rick Ross's Music Industry. What a what a wonderful Tuesday. How you doing? What's up? I'm doing pretty good. What's new over there? I'm preparing for restock mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm. So are we getting new are we getting new NAMI products on Friday? Yes, we are. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. What can I expect? Can, can you give the people a preview, a tease? Um Well, we'll be launching my facial cleansing oil. Ooh. Yeah. It's uh-huh. fragrance free. Uh it's all natural. It's just you know, carrier oils that are good for your face, good for all skin types. Won't clog your pores. Keeps it nice and clean and soft. Okay. You've been wondering why my face is so soft? That's, that's why. <laughs> I have been wondering why your face was so soft. I thought you was out here doing face softening activities like, I don't know, washing your face with oils. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, so make okay. sure y'all check that out on Friday. We'll probably do a little special. We might do a little special preview here on Hawaii and Big with your BMO on Thursday. Yeah. Maybe I'm saying maybe we might have a promo code for some of you listeners out there. Maybe. Right, right. Maybe. Maybe have a little, a little. Five to ten dollars off. A little discount situation. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Lauren. How we doing this morning, huh? Marissa Lane. Good morning. How you doing, Kels? What's up, baby? Huh? Welcome back to the show. We got some great things we want to talk about this morning. Let me give you a a preview of what we're gonna talk about. Uh, We have this morning. I don't know if you've been checking out the story, the Instagram story over the best over the last twenty four hours. I have uh, late. Latefully joined this conversation on the myth of the black buying of the black buying power. You know, we hear this this one point three trillion dollar or one point nine trillion dollar black buying power that we have. There was a brother out there, Jared Ball, who's out here trying to tear down that myth. Uh, I want to tear him down this morning. You feel me? No, I'm I'm playing. It's not. It is that deep, but it is not that deep. I just you know, if he happens to catch this, uh, I, I learned through dissension. So we're gonna poke holes through his theories. Um, Hopefully we're live at the same at the same point, uh, which includes our black political party. We have our nominee for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, and we're going to talk about Rick Ross's music industry this morning on Wake and Bake with BMO. Shall we start with a little joy, though? I think we shall. This, uh, do you want to present it, this lady, lady in the house? Uh, I mean, it don't matter. You can it's, it's go up. I, I made it back and then. It goes right in? That, yeah. Okay. Are you prepared? <laughs> You you, you don't want to set her up? You could you could set her up. All right. So this week's Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award, we give this award. We have no cat. We have no uh, uh, no qualities necessary to become the Paul oh, yeah. Robeson Negro of the Week Award. You just have to be Black a Negro and excellent and, and excellent in a week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thus, the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award. This uh, do, do you know the young lady's name? Her name is Nia Dennis. This week's a uh, spark of joy comes from Miss Nia Dennis. UCLA. Um, this is what happened. So I, I was I was walking by the couch. I you know walked by the lady in the house. She looked just fine. I came to sit down on the couch. I, when I came to sit down, she was uh, a face full of tears, tattooed tears of joy. Wait, if you, will. you know what? Huh? Earlier this morning, you asked me if I was okay. Yeah, it got me again. Yeah, watched it again. It got me again. Oh man! So here we go. Here's our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award nominee. <laughs> Wait, that's just my face. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. Oops, my bad. Oh. 
Did y'all see this? Honey's girls! Chelsea! Chelsea Fives. Let's pop it. Uh, and we have Nadia! Did y'all see this? Did y'all see this wonderful clip from this young lady? It was here. It was right here. It was, right here. It was the Stephen? Yeah, the Stephen got me. Sitting a young jock with right. a dog? <laughs> oh, young. Are you, are you getting a little weepy right now? Yeah. I, I, think I, I think we should investigate why the Paul Robinson Negro of the Week Award nominee is getting the lady of the house extra juicy in the face. I don't know. Well, I do know. Well, I don't. But I think I know. So, what's up? Hit me. What is it? Break it down for me. What's up, Maps? Well, just black women doing anything. <laughs> just. <laughs> Ooh. Black women doing anything. That's that gets you. That gets you going. Right. Yeah. Why? Because like they're just they're so amazing. I'm so proud. Like. <laughs> mm. Just so unapologetically black. Just. <laughs> Just being in places where, you know. <laughs> yeah, the lady of the house is wet face right now. Just even thinking about it. I love to see it. Go ahead. Let that, let that thing out. Feel your feels. Just yeah. being in a space where she's unapologetically black and excellent. And the fact that she was. Okay, what is the. Does the fact that she was scored high even uh, uh, factor into your calculation of joy? Or is it just the fact that she was out there freely in the midst of competition being as black and beautiful and, and joyful as possible? I think it was. The fact that she was being as black and free as possible, but mm -hmm. also the fact that she was hitting every single one of those um, stunts. Like, everything yeah. was precise. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? What? It makes me, seeing things like that make me, I really, I, we talked about it last week a little bit, but I think I start to calculate the cost of code switching. Mm-hmm. Because every dance that she hit, these weren't like new dances. No. The heel toe been around since when? Man, what? The, the <laughs> heel toe is, oh man, I tell you, we watched, that, we watched that one YouTube video on time the other day. And it made me realize that 24 years ago, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but we talked about it last week. Anyway, the heel toe is not new. No. So, what? why didn't, who was my girl? Who was my girl in the 90s? Dominique Dawes? Who was that? Yeah. Was that, was that, was that my, somebody? Black girls of the '90s helped me out. Who was who was my girl? I had a crush on in the '90s. The old, the lady. Was it Dominique Dawes? How come yeah. Dominique Dawes didn't hit the heel toe? Right. Was Simone Biles with the chicken head? Yeah. <laughs> Gabby Douglas didn't do the Dougie. That's crazy. Think but, about I just just about in that and just in that in that arena, the cost of code switching. Right. Being taught, black women being taught in these. In these arenas where they're supposed to be artistically free and, and moving with their bodies athletically and training to be themselves, the best version of themselves, but also being saying, also being told in the presentation they can't be too. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I, and I know, and nobody has said it, but I know there have been behind the door and in front of, the, in, in front of her face conversations about the way black women are shaped. Right. I know it is. Right. I know it is. You can't, you can't wear that. Your butt's out. Well, her butt's out. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's butt's out. Why I got to wear shorts? Oh, another thing that got me is that I saw her teammate on the side, and she had a natural puff. Like, Oh, she had the puff? She had puff. a puff, yeah. Mm. And, of course, more tears. Like, what? <laughs> you she had the wet face at the, at the puff? Yeah, because, like, I remember Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles, like. Oh, had the that fake ass. Right. That ponytail. Right. And like, look where we are now. in the front. Wow. Man, and then I'm just thinking about the little black girls that can look at her and then say, one day I can do that. Yeah. Like, oh, one man. day I, too, can hit the heel toe in an Olympic <laughs> competition. Right. I, too, can have a little thick body and still be considered a gymnast. Right. Because, you know, that's how my mama made. So, that's how I look. Right. That is lovely. Her name is, what's her name again? 
Nia Dennis. Nia Dennis. Our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week nominee. If you have any other nominee, does anybody else top that? Oh, wait. What, what, what are the comments talking about? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait, go, go, wait go what on. was it? Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, we got some comments. We got some comments. What do people say? Wait. Lord of mercy, girl. Uh, go down. I mean, go up. It's just people saying. No, TV. No. Right. Uh, um, oh, wait, what was said about her? Did she get a good score? I guess my, my question, my question to the lady of the house is what does the score calculate into the joy that you feel or is the joy that you feel completely independent of that, of that score? It's independent of the score. So if she had if she had got like a a six, would you have had any thoughts, or would you would you still be over here tattooed tears of joy? I mean, I would have been upset <laughs> because that was obviously excellence. That was way more than I don't know what um, gymnastic scores are, but that wasn't a six worthy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's out of ten. I think she got a nine point nine five. Okay. I think. But that don't you don't even. You're more thinking so about the legacy that's moving on. Yeah. But you know what? What you're saying, what you're saying actually fits into my conversation about black economics, weirdly enough. Um, but are there any other, if, if there are any other nominees for the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award that goes from Tuesday to Tuesday? No, wait, Thursday to Thursday? Monday to Monday. Well, last week, nigga, you can figure it out. <laughs> we 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 in time, not on time. You feel me? African peoples. Anyway, um, I think there's... Is there anybody else that can give her a run for the money for the Paul Robinson Negro of the Week Award? The boy. The, the, the elegant boy. ass whooping. I don't know. I See, I don't know if that's... Uh, is that Paul Robinson worthy? Yeah, he was standing up for his sister. Beat so that man's ass. Have y'all seen, have have y'all seen this elegant... It's over here, I think so. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is it right here. Let's see. I think so. <laughs> ah! Um, that was like we could do that. That could be a problem. What about uh? What about our po- our poet laureate? Mm. You know what? Fuck it. We got two Paul <laughs> Robinson Negroes of the week. We'll play a clip for her tomorrow. But welcome to the show, everybody. Just jumped on. A uh, lady in the house. The young lady. What's her name again? You know I'm bad with names. It's not because it's important. So I just can't remember them. Go ahead. What's her name again? Nia Dennis. Nia Dennis. This young lady right here. Uh, if you haven't watched the video, we're not going to watch the whole thing again. But if you haven't watched the video, I suggest that you go check this out. Get your little bit of... Um, Get your little bit of, of joy in this week by watching Nia Dennis. Uh, Amanda Gordon. That's right. That's our that's our poet Gloria. Now it is time to smoke. So the lady in the house, I think she might get ready. Like to fade it out because if not, she's gonna get a little teary eyed again, which is okay. It's okay. Oh, also maybe it's because I I was like a young gymnast too, like mm-hmm. as a little girl, so you know. It connects. Yeah, it connects. It connects. Maybe that's what it is you too. You got the young gymnast dream. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> you like uh, you giving me you giving me. Remember I was uh, what's his name? Toby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. he did the uh, yeah, right. on, on uh uh-huh. on the B T Hip Hop Awards, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And he did that uh, performance. Now I could, I, every time I listen <laughs> yeah. to it now, still get wet faced. These are like the rap dreams connected with my life dreams. Oh, yeah. this is wonderful. If only, yeah. if only little boys could look up to this. <laughs> okay, that's what this is for me. That's what this is. No, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Let's get back on track with Oh, way you make me be more. Yeah. Now. I've been doing a little research later in the house. Or, or 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 actually Okay, what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about the uh, you want to talk about the black buying power or do you want to talk about Rick Ross? And I feel like if we don't talk about Rick Ross now, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I, I okay, kind of do it, I kind of don't. Go ahead. Okay, uh well if you don't want to, we don't have to, but I I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts. 
Never by Rick Ross. Ross. Yeah. All right. Have y'all seen? So this video is from VH1's uh, and Rick Ross's show. It was called Sign. The video went viral again over the weekend because Rick Ross is, you know, Rick Ross is always doing ridiculous things, right? So which one? Which one is it? Uh, oh, I got you. So there's a video that I want y'all to see, and let's let's just take a little poll. <laughs> if you think option one is better, <laughs> drop a one. If you think drop option two is better. Uh, comment, nigga, I'm right. Matt's already said that was trash. <laughs> and off we go. <laughs> your future bright, shorty, your future bright. <laughs> the music was bright. Smartest move I life. Take care of I knew the song Boss Vibes that I did was going to get Ross's attention because I went to his past and I redid something and I put my own little twist to it and he liked it. My whole goal of this whole competition is to be the first lady of MMG. That's that's what well, I want. I can look this good and I can get a lot of attention, <laughs> but I use my valedictorian mind what is the skills option? and I, need you to comment, I make sure Damn, I, I was wrong. Business. If you think option two is better, I need you to I'm think really Bebo, you got a point. She has the same beat. Oh, oh, Kaya. Kaya. So y'all be able to hear the difference in R&B and hip-hop. Kaya and I, we had the same beat. I wasn't trying to be mean or catty or anything. I just had to put it out there because I had to save myself. Kaya, you better deliver, Kaya. I believe in you, Kaya. Mind skills. Mind skills. Mind skills. I want to cut the video off because y'all already know where it's going, but I need y'all to hear Rick Ross' comments. That wasn't the best. Oh, that's the dream over there, too. You have a, a unique voice, and Brit did and sound better than yours. And he getting the massage. Like so, facts. Two made the song her own. So there are so many things that are happening within this situation, right? So another moment. In, so we have another moment in colorism. I'm glad mm -hmm. I'm with educated people who already know that, right? Mm -hmm. We already know what's going on. Dark skin girl got played. Mm -hmm. And the dream and Rick Ross are there. These are established music industries. The the fucking uh, Rick Ross is the head of a record label. Right. So I see the colorism, right? And I see the I see the I see the scheme of Rick Ross. I see right through it. Rick Ross is attracted to this young lady. Excuse me. This is the same Rick Ross that says he's never signed a lady to MMG because after he's paid for the photo shoots and the glam team and the recording sessions and put all this value into this woman, he feels like he's owed a little pussy. He said that. He's put that on what? record. He's owed, he's owed a little pussy. What? He said, I got to hit that. I got to at least smash that a couple times. That's what he said. This is Rick. This is the same Rick Ross that said, I put something in the drink. Mm -hmm. Fuck later. She didn't even know. Nigga. This is that same Rick Ross. <laughs> the same Rick Ross who's not really free Ray Rick Ross. This nigga parole officer. Don't get me right. started, but I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> no. I love me some Rick Ross tracks, though. Ooh, woo. Lucy ain't touched no kids. Here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing, though. <laughs> here's what gets me, and I think some of the Wake and Bake with Bemo Nights uh, has uh, 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 has illuminated on this point already. I think Keith said it already. Here's my here's the biggest issue that I see in the music industry right now. Regardless of talent, talent is another conversation. I actually think we're in an era right now where talent is looked down upon because talent can't be can't be relevant, right? Are you laughing at some of these uh, comments right here? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna get to the comments here in a second. 
uh, what really disappoints me is that the second young lady actually made the song her own. Right. She created a whole new cadence, a whole new vibe, a whole new song. It's memorable. It's that's the, and when I look into the YouTube comments or the full comments, both people are saying, oh, where's, from three, four years ago, they're saying, oh, where's that song? I'd like to hear that song. Right. The first young lady did nothing but make a remix of that song to serve not only the ego, but also the relevance of what the song could have been. Mm-hmm. She didn't create that song. Right. She didn't recreate that song. She just she just remixed Rich Ross's uh, cadence. She Tory Lanez it. She, tore, she Chris Browned it. Mm-hmm. I want my musicians to know this is what white people do. Mm. Hello. Soft rock is just R&B. Mm-hmm. Slow it down a little bit. Reverb the cadence. Just keep using that shit over again. We are the creative class. <laughs> and my issue with the music industry is exactly what I saw in that. Not only is it disrespectful women, not only is it disrespectful towards the colorist attitudes, but it's also disrespectful towards originality. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me smoke my blunt. She got me with a whole motherfucking attitude right now. What's up, princess? Huh? Wake and bake with your feet, Yeah. She whitewashed the track. White. Facts. She whitewashed. How she whitewashed? How's she black and trash. whitewashed? Trash. <laughs> trash. 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 This is the dream. And I thought the dream had talent. Man, what? I thought the dream had... I thought the dream was something. Mmm. Mmm. Got attitude. <laughs> this motherfucker here. <laughs> Chris and <laughs> the irony that physical appearance matters. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Oh, I was laughing at <laughs> these girls. She said Miami niggas ain't shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yo. But for real, though, right? Miami niggas ain't shit, though. If you're from Florida, you know what it is. <laughs> yes. Every nigga I met from Miami is like, I don't know about, about you, you dog. <laughs> I don't know about you, man. <laughs> See, my little, there's some strange things happening down in Miami. <laughs> they must be running some false ads in Miami, because goddamn. You know, most of Miami voted for Trump. Really? Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> Although they did, I did see, I did see at the end, towards the end of the campaign, the Trump uh, committee, election committee, got in trouble because they found a loophole that they could lie to Spanish voters in Spanish. What? Something about Florida laws that, like, you can tell you have to tell the truth in English, but you can you don't have to tell the truth in other languages. What Some the of the fuck? Like shit. Yeah, and they was out there telling bold lies on fucking Spanish stations. Yo. <laughs> oh, that's not me. Um, crazy, crazy. But I actually okay. Mm. Okay, what's up? Oh, they're just talking about Rick Ross. What else we got? Gunplay, that's about it. That nigga's a murderer. I mean, I love I love gunplay. Who signed Ace Hood? Man, I mean... <laughs> Why you laughing? Ace Hood, a little questionable, too. Um, the office of the former president. Y'all hear about Trump's new gig? No, 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 no. Wait, what? I'm not going there today. I'm not going there. <clears throat> what else we got to talk about? Not the office of the former president. <laughs> what we got? What we got here? So we had talked about our Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. We then got Rick Ross ass about the way. Oh, we only got two things to talk about. So, what my notebook? Oh, you took some notes? I took some notes. I took some notes. I wish I, oh, that was real quick. I wished I had like a real flashy clip that I could show you. But I, it's not really one of those topics. This is one of those topics that I think that leads to the liberation of the liberation of colored folks or black folks because I'm not colored. My bad. So as we're in this new age, is this the age of Aquarius yet? Aquarium? Aquarius? Aquaritwine? Whatever his name is. 
Yeah. Whatever that nigga is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> who, who, what nigga? Aquarius. 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 Where the age of that nigga yet? What the fuck are you saying? <laughs> has 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 uh, uh has metro has metrograde <laughs> happened in Mercury yet? <laughs> is there a metronome on Mercury yet? What's going on? Huh? What's Shut happening? Up. What's happening? Huh? Somebody. There is a Mercury retrograde on the thirtieth. Okay. Cool. 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 So I don't know what that means, but I feel like we should take the energy and create something new. That's how I'm going to do it. The age of Aquarius. Boom. Not the age of Aquarion. Aquaritress. You said Aquaritron. Aquaritron. Whatever that nigga name is. <laughs> whatever Alcat said. Um, all right. So I'm about, I'm, about, uh, I'm about eight months late to the topic. But we've all heard this. We've all heard this axiom spoken several times as if it's, as if it's a fact. That the black community uh, has a buying power of 1.3, 1.9, 2.6, three trillion dollars, whatever the number is you heard, right? We've heard that whatever this number it is, it is equal to uh, the amount of several countries that uh, you know that we spend money, right? Mm-hmm. So. Funny enough, and I feel like I have to. I feel like I have to bring this to you, because a couple of weeks ago I introduced you to the story of Cheryl Grace. Remember the story of Cheryl Grace? Mm-hmm. Cheryl Grace is the is the black head of black data at Nielsen. She's responsible for producing this report on black consumer habits for the last ten years. Cheryl Grace is also suing the same company that she produces that uh, article that uh, piece of information for. Because she feels like she's pigeonholed to just that position. I feel like it's a very interesting contradiction, but also a very illuminating fact to where black people are spending money. So in the discovery of of, of this concept, I'm recognizing um, both through the methodology of that report and also through the uh, the data reportings of another individual, Dr. I think Professor, I don't even know if he's a doctor, but Professor Jared Ball, let's give him that, uh, saying that uh, the buying power of black people is not only a myth, but it is propaganda used by the state to help marginalize black people into a financial conundrum in which they could never escape. Mm-mm. His theory is that if you combine all the money of black people, we could not buy ourselves into freedom. We could not buy ourselves into wealth. That capitalism has confused us into thinking that our worth is purely financial, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I want to define a couple of things before I just... Well, first off, y'all already know who I am. I'm poke holes through this motherfucker. I'm poke holes because in order for in order for the paper tie to work, I got to know if it's quilted. You feel me? <laughs> How many plies? <laughs> I gotta know. I'm that kind of nigga. I gotta know. And it's a very interesting theory because what what uh, Professor Ball is doing is he's trying to change the mental narrative of the value of the black dollar. And before I tear it apart, let me let me dig into it some more. So, a couple of defined things. So, uh, Dr. Ball says that buying power is a pure marketing phrase. It is completely different from a GDP or anything that is measurable. I actually agree with that. That's a good point. Uh, the buying power is an estimate that is used to estimate how much a demographic is spending within a certain subset. Uh, this uh, this definition is very useful in the marketing and advertising world. But I could see how a Dr. Ball, who was very, um, uh, uh, who was very much into the academic space, could see and 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 interpret that marketing as manipulation of black dollars into products into products that we don't want. I also want to say that Dr. Ball is a socialist, so he does believe in the pooling of money and resources rather than the capitalist state. So I will say that. Uh, if you, I hope I haven't lost nobody. You you, you follow yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, so Dr. Ball says that this $1.3 trillion is completely made up. I disagree in the sense it is an estimate based on consumer reporting, mm-hmm. based on Nielsen. 
It was led by a black woman, so I do give it a little credence in that sense. Okay. Uh, but I will also say that the marketing, the marketing industry is designed to produce con- content to get people to buy more products. Yes. I'm a capitalist. I mean, it's, I mean, I, it shouldn't be that hard to tell. I steal and I buy. Like these are the <laughs> these are the things that I just love to do. Um, so, uh, also in this, uh, 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 Doctor Ball defines that the only way to gain wealth is through violence, political action, uh, and all and all the terrible Control. things, uh, controlling all the terrible things that you need to do to create wealth. In which we see that when it comes to old money in the United States, when it comes to oil money, when it comes to land money, real estate. <laughs> Banking, currency, et cetera, et cetera. We see that we see that wealth is dominated by the top one percent or the top one percent of the top one percent of the country. We see that financial uh, wealth only exists within whiteness, essentially, and that the percentage of wealth owned by black people has essentially been the same since the minute we were freed to two minutes ago. Damn, about one percent, and we have you know we have eight. Black billionaires, we've talked about, I think, seven of them on this individual show. Um, I'm getting to that, Matt. I'm getting to that, right? So, uh, so this is, his, this is his definition of the myth of the buying power of $1.3 billion, uh, trillion dollars from black people every year. Mm-hmm. Before, I, before I say whether I agree or disagree with the myth or not, uh, with his classif- classification of the myth. I do have a couple of questions for the myth, though. I have some questions. Um, my first question is, well, my, I already illuminated, but I, I disagree with Dr. Ball saying that the $1.3 trillion, estimated $1.9 trillion, is a completely made-up number. It is based on scientific research. These are the principles of research. This is public research. So I do believe that, you know, that is a thing. Right. Also, this axiom of the $1.3 trillion or the, or the economic power of black people has been triculated through black history since Reconstruction. It's mm-hmm. always been a thought of if black people can control where their money goes, then we could have more say-so in how we politically engage. Right. Dr. Ball makes the assumption that, uh, that black America sees a disconnection between the capitalist state and the political state, and I think the exact opposite. <clears throat> the American political construct is set up so that you cannot be politically successful without being economically successful. I've had this conversation before, but are we ever going to see a poor president? Hmm. Will we ever see somebody that w- had was making $22,000 and then was elected president? Right. No, because you need money mm-hmm. to be president. And I don't need you need money to get into office. I need you need money to be known. Mm-hmm. You need Half a meal to get a uh, to get a commercial a thirty second commercial spot. If not, you Gary Johnson. Who the fuck is Gary Johnson? Exactly. So I do believe that black people do see a connection between the economic state and the political state. That's not my only. Um, that's not my only <clears throat> um, situation. Also, I find it interesting that Dr. Ball is trying to tear down. This myth, you know me. I believe in the power of myths. I think myths are the foundation of how, excuse me, of how we get to action. Even if the myth is not true, like we all know, Icarus didn't make no damn wings out of wax. That don't make no goddamn sense. You can't fly with no wax wings. But you know not to fly too close to the sun and listen to what your father says. I mean, right? Mm. I mean, we know there wasn't no snake in the. Anyway. (laughs) Um. Anyway, I find it interesting. I made this. I made this parallel the other day. I said, you know how white folks think that black people can jump higher because we got that extra muscle in our leg or whatever they think <laughs> it is that makes us more athletic. Yeah. And while that might not be true, and I'm offended when they say that, I'm not about to go prove them wrong. <laughs> to what benefit does it does it uh, to what benefit does it incur? For me to tear down a roof that put put tear down a myth that puts me in a position of superiority, hmm. and that kind of leads me to the last point of the whole situation when it comes to classifying the myth of uh, black buying power 
as a myth and marketing propaganda to get black folks to spend X, Y, and Z. Here's my thing. Dr. Ball says that wealth is only created through forms of violence. To which I respond to him. Oh, uh, Matt just said buying power is a weird metric that I never really see applied to other races. I mean, I've done, I've had to do the research. I see it for every, it's for every demographic. It seems to be the only one that is used to help black people feel better about themselves. I mean, when you see, when you see the same stats going about the Asian community and how they circulate money or the Jewish community and how they circulate money or, uh, the Southern white Bible belt community and how they circulate money, they don't ever use that same uh, similarity to feel empowerment amongst themselves, but you know, at the same time, black people have a common struggle and a common heritage that does bond us, regardless of uh, identity. Honestly, other than black. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, hold on, I'm getting there. Uh, yeah. Oh, so I'll get there right now. Herte, you're right. So Dr. Ball says that his solution is via public policy. There is no way that black people can consume within ourselves to reach levels of wealth. I heard him say in an interview with Dr. Um, oh, with Dr. Karen Hunter, he said, if you look at it in a binary sense, most people are optimistic towards economics and pessimistic towards politics. He's optimistic towards politics and pessimistic towards economics. And this, to me, is the grounds in which me and Dr. Ball completely 100% disagree, but our destination of uh, economic uh, freedom is still the same. I am not willing to wait on a governmental structure to recognize my lack of wealth, the gap in wealth, in order to reach a certain level of wealth. I'm not willing to wait for it. I see no difference than that. He, Dr. Ball, in his book, he makes a, a, a criticism towards Killer Mike's. You remember the Killer Mike Netflix show? Yeah. But the, the gangsters who make the soda? Yeah. He makes a criticism and says that the gangsters who make the soda, the first thing that Killer Mike does is he takes them to a white venture capitalist. And I'm like, what's the difference between taking gangsters to a white venture capitalist and advocating to the government for public policy? Are they not both just white systems who own wealth? Right. So would you are more, I'm I, not saying that he's wrong, but I am not willing to put my stake in the American public. Have you seen Mitch McConnell? This nigga won't allow, the, this nigga is still trying to hold the filibuster. The filibuster is something from the Jim Crow era. <laughs> if I'm waiting for something from the Jim Crow era to be uh, abolished? How long is it going to take for me to get economic freedom through public policy? Man. And I'm with the black political party. Yes, we can have influence, but at the same time, 13%. 13%. You know what I'm far more interested in? What? I'm far more interested in proving him wrong. Mm. Because the the other thing that I, the other thing that kind of falls short in his argument is he has no replacement number. If it's not 1.3, what is it? Is he saying it's less or more? He's not saying anything. He's saying that the he's he's estimating that the GDP is eight hundred eight hundred billion dollars based on what we spend. Like, but totally. based on what we spend is not the totality of the economics of what a GDP or what a, a total populace could spend. Because you could go in debt, you could borrow from the future, you could borrow from the past. You got a state shit, you got tax, you got fucking investment, motherfuckers and shit. You got a whole bunch of shit. So if eight hundred bill is just how much we making. The 1.3 don't seem too far for how much we spending. We in debt. <laughs> God damn. Right. But I am far more, I am far more interested in proving him wrong on a private societal, black societal level than, than trying to, than focusing on advocating for public policy to change my wealth. Because it's, it's not going to happen specifically to black. We might get a universal based income, but it won't be because it won't be because black people are behind on a wealth on, in the wealth gap. It'll right. be because there's too many poor white people. Right. That's what it'll be because the economy is not stimulated enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I will say I will say this. Hold <clears> on. <throat> um, to the point that 
to the point Dr. Ball was making about the only way that we can create wealth is through violence, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if I said this already, but what do you say to Tyler Perry? It seems like in this claim, Dr. Ball was saying there isn't enough wealth within the black community to create wealth. Then how the fuck do we explain Tyler Perry? And my question was, what about Black Wall Street? I don't know. Tyler Perry is <clears throat> self-made. Right, completely of black dollars. If and my, I mean, he might have sold some things to get some distribution uh, through some white systems, but most of his, the content that we know Tyler Perry for is black as fuck. Yeah. I don't know. Tyler Perry a billionaire. Let's not forget that. A growing billionaire at that. Let's not forget that. I think there are. I, th- I think black folks are an anomaly in so many situations. And again, my, my major question, uh, the beautiful part of this whole discussion is I get to talk to him tomorrow. Get to talk to Dr. Ball tomorrow via the book club of Let's Talk Bruh. Woo! Nice. If you're not part of the Let's Talk Bruh book club, the Let's Talk Bruh book club, you need to be down, okay? The only thing you got to have is, a, uh, you know, an identification of male. Other than that, you're good. But I will be talking with Dr. Ball tomorrow with Jeremy Herte as part of the Let's Talk Bro book club. I will be challenging him with these questions directly because you got to speak truth to power, okay? You got to speak the truth to the powerful because I got questions. I got questions. What good is it? What good does it mean to tear down a myth that gives us a sense of pride and superiority to replace it with nothing? I mean, it's a good conversation. It's nice. But as I read on Instagram, a YouTube comment this morning, it's intellectually masturbatory, or whatever it was. It's just a thought. An interesting perspective. If once we are organized, I would I would love to debate this amongst a council of other intellectual peoples and vote on it and see how it could be, see how this thought process could be infiltrated throughout our collective uh, agenda going forward because I think there is a point to uh, I believe this approach to black wealth does answer a question of the wealth gap. Don't know if it goes all the way. Don't know if I fully agree still reading about it, but interesting point. Uh, we got some comments here. What we got? What the Wake and Bake be my nice saying? Good morning, y'all. Talking about Tyler Perry. You're talking about Tyler Perry? What we got going on? Go up a little bit. Um, uh, damn. We got some good comments. Lord of mercy, I can't, I can't scroll up fast enough. I love the good comments in the Wake and Bake with BMO Knight's comment section. Let's go. Um, Jeremy Herte says, uh, 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 Nah, Dr. Ball's point is that wealth is created via public policy. Buying power isn't a measure of wealth or economic equality. It's just what niggas can buy. True. True. Niggas don't need money. We live in America, goddamn. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, what they can consume. That's what that's what Michelle says. Uh, don't politics govern economics? Absolutely. Uh, mm. White systems. Uh, what's a black system of currency currently? In the past, it was very different trade, barter, exchange of gifts. What's a current black system of currency? Hmm. Clout. Hmm. Followers. Uh, good government job mentality is what Chris said. Uh, Honey's Girl says Tyler Perry is also fucking selfish. That's true. Um, uh, how is he selfish? He does hoard jobs to himself. He does have that closed room that closed writing room. I heard he's trying to open up a little bit more, but you know, Tyler Perry has been produced, right, directing his shit. That's been the most successful, keeping all that wealth for himself. That's how you made that bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's starting to open up. So, you know, I mean, it's one thing to it's one thing to lease out the studio to Disney to do Black Panther. It's another thing to lease out the studio to to be more productive, so we could do our bang. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to the book club tomorrow. Book club is gonna be popping. 
um, black capitalism is still capitalism. I don't. We gonna we gonna have to talk about this. We gonna have to talk about y'all disagreement with capitalism. Maybe maybe just because I am a for I am from former slaves. I just don't understand the argument against it. We'll talk about it another time. Um, what else y'all saying? What else we got? What we got? We got some more. Um, okay, y'all talking about y'all talking about Tyler Perry. Anyway, the book club conversation will be dope tomorrow. What you think? What's your what are your thoughts? Mm. To the mic. No, I agree with you, but. I'm also, I had a question to you about your point, your last point. How exactly can we prove him wrong? Like, how can we? How can we prove him? I don't know. Um, uh, Okay. Okay. This is going to sound like, um, this is going to sound strange. I just need you to hear me out. Okay. I think my, I think my definition of wealth is wrong, but I'm not going to change it. Why? What? <laughs> um, and I'm, I, I mean, I mean this, I mean this very sincerely. Okay. Here's an example. Lafayette. Okay. Lafayette to me might be one of the most wealthy people I know. Okay. But like, he don't got, I mean, you know, he ain't like balling. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got no like mansion. He might not got millions of dollars. But like, to me, he's the wealthiest person I know. Okay. Why? Because of the Washington Informer. Washington Informer is one of the most prestigious, oldest black pieces of journalism in the country. Right. Three generations old. And he's the fourth generation. So when I walk into the Washington Informer office with him, it really does feel like I'm in the midst of a prince. Yeah. And if you know old black people in D.C., they're not quick to give up respect. And right. so to see older people in D.C. be reverent to him, uh, almost almost to say, like, bow to him, they do what he says, they move when he says, like... Yeah instant relationships because they know when his mom goes mm -hmm. Lafayette's next right and the dope thing that Lafayette is doing is building a young subsect within the paper that he can leave on to the next generation so he's building generational and generational to me how much more wealthy can you get I mean they may not be making money I don't think that's wrong though. And it's hard for me to it's hard for me to it's hard for me to discount that in this argument that like black wealth in a, in a sense what he's saying is black wealth is a myth. I just don't I don't I don't see that. Yeah. I don't and if I did this is why I'm saying I refuse to see it. And if I did see it, I refuse to see it. I have you got to show me. You got I you got to let us fail doing it then. Yeah. Let me fail doing it because if it's only going to if your estimation versus somebody's estimation is only going to extrapolate positive from negative in the future then fuck it. Just let's go ahead and go for the positive then. I'm not I'm not economically the reason why I'm not economically pessimistic is because I feel like in terms of black liberation, how much money we make is the, probably the only thing we can control. Yeah. Or at least we can feel like we can control. I don't know if niggas gonna die being Elon Musk. I don't know if niggas gonna die being fucking millionaires. But I feel like the quantification of that wealth in, in financial numbers to me is short-sighted from a black perspective. That might be completely naive. Might be completely naive. But if you can make it, what else do you want? If you can create whatever's going to be great, what else do you want? I don't know. I don't know. 
don't know. It's a weird construct. We're not even in that world. It's obvious. If wealth hasn't, <laughs> if black ownership of wealth hasn't changed since 1863 to 2020, the percentage of black wealth being owned, it's obviously we're not part of that game. Mm. It hasn't though. No, it's going from one percent to one percent. A little less than one percent to a little more than one percent to be a little accurate for you. Wow. <laughs> The theory of Dr. Ball is that also that combined economics, that consumption will not be able to save us through liberation, in which I agree. That's why I was, that's the point I wanted to get at to the end, is that I agree. I don't think consumption, just like you can't save yourself to wealth, yeah. you can't consume yourself mm -hmm. to liberation. I believe there's only a step. Uh, uh, Dr. Doctor, Dr. Professor Ball says that the solution would be the I think his is through media and through public policy. I disagree. I disagree. I think it is through media, but I think you know advocating through public policy is a is a step, but not. I don't know if that's the next step. There is power to the. There is power to believing that black people have economic freedom, or at least economic say so. Yeah. Because right now, I think the stat is we spend two cents out of every two cents out of every dollar on black products that if we spent closer to 10 cents on um, on products, uh, these businesses would be able to graduate from just sole proprietors to actually having employees. We have to be intentional about it. Uh, we have to be scaling about it because if we did it too fast, then these companies wouldn't be able to keep up with demand. So I believe there's a way. Hmm. I believe there's a way. Uh, but it's going to take commitment, study, intention and cooperation that shit gonna have to trend just like motherfucking superheroes and it's not that quick yeah it's not december 21st we get superpowers it's not january 3rd we have we're liberated it's mm -hmm. not gonna be that oh matt said some people I have said that true freedom today is 10 mil. Hundreds of girls just uh, commented, even if we don't spend it ourselves, we influence things that other groups later start spending money on, uh, later start co-opting and further stimulating the economy. Yeah. I agree with that. We got to stop trading time for money. That's not well. That's true. That's a point. But we're going to talk, talk to Dr. Professor uh, Jared Ball tomorrow. Um, I did to read and I didn't get to read through the whole book. I, I, I heard a couple of interviews. I think I understand his perspective well. I want to be able to come at him in a very calm and collective way. But at the same time, if it turn up, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you got any burning questions for the ropes? Hmm. So do you, do you think we should do away with the idea of like our buying power and you know that it's $1.3 trillion? I think his challenging of the statement is fair because we have to understand what buying power is. Yeah. It is an estimate. It is yeah. based on sample size data, consumer data from a certain subsect of black people. And those black people are coming from a white perspective. We have to understand that that's what buying power is. That $1.3 trillion isn't necessarily a healthy number, but it is a number that contributes to our cumulative worth yeah i put worth in heavy quotations because your worth uh in which i think me and dr ball agree uh, your worth is not tied up into what your financial capital what that number is yeah um so i think there is there is power in knowing what that is and maybe knowing that that is not a healthy number but I think that power comes in education after hearing that number. Yeah. I think it's important to know how much people... I think it's important 
for black people to try to conceptualize how much we spend as a total. And although we cannot, we, it's not like we can all just say, okay, we're going to spend $1.3 trillion dollars on freedom today. It's, although it doesn't work like that, it's still an interesting concept to think about, like how your money actually works through economics and through politics and how that can help black businesses, how I can see the culture return back to the creators. Yeah. Because if we're the creators of the culture, right. but we're not the owners of the culture, and the wealth is going somewhere else, yeah. then we may not have the financial wealth, but we own the crops. We own the land. Right. We don't own the patents, but we know what the fuck to do. And if we don't know what the fuck to do, we know what the fuck's coming next. Right. So let's keep doing that and invest it in ourselves, and then maybe some of that money that they're spending on trying to be like us will go directly to us. <laughs> okay? Okay? And and where I fall apart on socialism, I'm not necessarily... I'm not necessarily thinking about, this might sound bad. I'm not, when I think about the, to- the totality of the wealth of black people, I'm not necessarily thinking about everybody taking a step up. I'm thinking about how do I send Drew's kids to college? Hmm. Like what business can me and my nigga Drew put together so that when Drew the fourth come out, oh, this nigga, he already, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cla- Class is signed up, okay? Howard first class. We already know. We already know what's going on. That's what I think about. Um, and I feel like that comes in a more localized sensation. But at the end of the day, where we do agree is I I love this argument because I think this argument sparks a thought about the value of black wealth. Uh, I think it's a weird comparison to compare it to white wealth, but whatever. Um, we think about now as I am a part of a marketing agency that he called out. He didn't call out the agency specifically, but he talked about black marketing agencies. As he calls out black marketing agency, which I'm a part of, as he talks about black press, which is this right here, which is me being a network president of the Bridge Podcast Network. You mm-hmm. know, that's both me at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's kind of saying like, hey, yo, BMO, stop perpetuating the myth unless you're going to tell it all. So I'm going to tell it all. I'm going to let the people decide. I'm going to talk to my man on Wednesday. Maybe we'll have a private conversation one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I'm saying so I can figure out what it is. You're not going to convert me to socialism now. I'm sorry, Geronimo. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm not, I'm not going there. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I try to be. I got the right to be wrong. As always, y'all, we've run up out of time. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can read some of these comments real fast before, I, before y'all go. Um, so, Gary, good morning, man. Um, 07, 08 recession, PG County rich black folks did re- rebounded successfully as, as counterparts because most of this wealth was tied to savings plus home equity and not other avenues like securities. Okay, we need that conversation too. If you are buying to demand a certain standard for companies, support. Oh, oh, I think that was part of another comment. Um, that's right. That's right. Zion will be Zion. Zaire will be sent. Uh, and generations later. You're goddamn right. Can't wait. I'm gonna borrow money from that nigga right there. We don't participate uh, or aware of the mechanic mechanic mechanisms that generate the most wealth bang for buck. Come on, where I'm going? Where I'm going? Uh oh. All right. Looks like looks like we go. Oh, huh? socialism. Oh Lord, no, no. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but thank y'all for joining. It's been great. Uh, I really appreciate you. Uh, if you do get a chance, make sure you go to whammysdc.org. Vote for your boy to be educated of the year. Trying to get that whammy vote. We'll see y'all tomorrow on <laughs> Hawaii Make We Be Mo. Yeah. Oh, we're socialism. Y'all niggas crazy. Y'all niggas crazy. These niggas, these niggas still won't even look at gun control when we talk about socialism. Socialism? Motherfucking Mississippi apologized for, for slavery in 2002. And y'all talking about socialism. Nigga, <laughs> I, 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 please. We'll see. We'll see. Even if it would benefit you? Huh? Even if it would benefit you? I don't know. Maybe I need to read more into... I mean, Hunter's Girls just said maybe it's more about community economics, which yeah. I'm already I'm already a pragmatic uh, nationalist, but I'm... 
I believe I believe in the free market within that within that uh, within that community though. I think some things have to fail. I think I think failure is natural. Have we run out of time? How are we going over? This is supposed to be the bonus segments, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is supposed to be on the podcast exclusive. See, this is why I need to sign up for the podcast, all right? Listen to the podcast and you get more of this bonus conversation. I'm surprised they didn't cut off. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Instagram has extended their time. As mm. they're probably about to cut us off here in a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She says, free market is oppressive. It allows for manipulation. Yeah. What do you think marketing is? What? So so I can't manipulate you now? What? What you mean? What you mean? If, If it didn't matter, then why do you put labels on your product? Why do you design a brand? So Why people, you got gold tops? So people know what the product is and because it looks aesthetically pleasing. It looks nice. That's manipulation. Is it? Yeah. I no. Because <laughs> if you were just selling the product for what it is, you should be able to sell it to whatever it means. To whatever it is. It shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter what senses it shouldn't even smell like anything. It should just be a thing. But the the fact that you're able to manipulate certain mediums to entice certain perspectives or certain uh, senses, that's marketing. I mean, those are my intentions, though. Don't matter. Okay. I mean, when I when we t- when I'm talking about uh, when I'm talking about the, sh- the show or trying to get a, a whammy or trying to get people to come to Urbane or talking about Nami, I'm manipulating our relationship to, to sell a product. No. Well, we aren't in a socialist society. If we were, you wouldn't have to do that. (laughs) Honey's girl says, why can't you just like nice shit? (laughs) Right. Uh, I guess, man. (laughs) Right. I picked gold because I like gold. I like the way it looks. (laughs) Like, damn. (laughs) I mean, okay. I mean, I made it. Yeah, I made. I made it the way that I would like. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm not over here like, oh, I'm not trying to. I guess I. I guess I have to. You have to show me. You have to show me socialism, in in practice. That's the same thing you say about communism. But you have to show me that shit in practice. Okay. Is this? Is this the? Is this the week? So we only got the rider dies on mm, right now. Where's my notebook? Yeah. I actually got a whole... Is this the week that you tried to convince BMO <laughs> into socialism? We'll see. We got bonus. I don't see we got all this goddamn right, bonus time. That's random as hell. What that's, the fuck? Ah, oh, it's about to show my face again. I wonder if uh, I got these papers. Bonus time with BMO socialism. I got to practice with you. No, I want to see it, nigga. See? <laughs> I want to see it. What's up? What if Urbane was free and funded? That's, yeah, right. What if Urbane was free and funded? By who? And I then I wouldn't own it. You could still own it. So then who's funding it? The economy. Woo, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! Okay. All right. That one got me. You fucked up my head just now. I don't get it. Okay. I don't get it. I create a thing to own a thing, <laughs> to sell a thing, to create more things, and repeat. Are you saying that I would make a thing and then that thing would then just exist? And I could just make more things. I'm not sure if it's like a barter system or how that works, but in my mind, I would assume it's probably a barter system where you trade goods and services for like, you know. But 
everything is equitable. Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. To wrap my brain around. I don't think like, our honey's girl says, what if life is about money? I don't necessarily think it's about money. I think it's about the creation of products, the creation of culture, the creation of things. But you need things to make things, right? Or do you not need things to make things? And to and in, in, in a, I mean, a music in the music sense is interesting, because talent is not rare. A lot of people are talented, but why do we listen to what we listen to? I'm just loving this bonus time, by the way. Let's see your comments. What do you say? We got some comments? Uh, what would you create just because you really wanted to and not because you needed to make money and survive? Yeah, but you can make things without money. Uh, there was a world before capitalism where people created. So then, who is the garbage man? Huh. That makes sense. Age of Aquaritron. <laughs> Shout out to my nigga Quershawn. As I'm getting ready to say, I got to go. <laughs> as I got as I'm getting ready to say, I got to go. That's mm -hmm. an interesting thought, though, about socialism. I'm thinking, in the just Paul said, "What if knowledge was currency?" See y'all got me postponing. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I'm having all these high thoughts. Okay, yeah, that's a really, it's a really socialism, really difficult concept for me to, to understand because ownership, is, so centric. To, my thought process of like, the purpose of product. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is the week y'all convert me to socialism. Maybe it's not. Either way, I'll see you tomorrow on Who Wake and Make We Be Mo. Yeah. Make sure y'all vote for me for them whammies.